specifically back in Valdosta, Georgia. Um, our trip, Pastor Earl is actually still there, um, but I got back on Monday, and uh, the work that we've done there, we've accomplished, it's been purposeful, amen, it's been fruitful, um, there was a lot of time of teaching, um, and just to let you know, I've, I've been conditioned to go seven hours, so uh, get ready, maybe not tonight, but we'll see what's going to happen this weekend, no, I'm just playing. But, um, no, we had a a great time of ministry with the men. The word flowed freely, um, definitely was accepted, and uh, just, we always value our time there with the ministry and the men that are there. They're so hungry, they're so uh, desiring of the word and to grow in the word, and I'll tell you right now, um, you know, we, we take it for granted here in the States. I mean, we are... Uh, just infiltrated with the word. You can't hardly go to a radio station or turn on the TV and you've got the word there somewhere. We've got worship songs and worship music and Christian this and Christian that and so many different Bible teachers, some that should be and some that shouldn't be on television, got churches on every corner, and, uh, you know, we just don't value it. You know, it's everywhere. But uh, in in these countries, you know, the, the subjects that we're speaking on, they've never even heard of this stuff before. I mean, uh, you know, Pastor Earl was speaking with uh, Uncle Frank. He's the leader of the ministry, the head of the ministry there. And uh, he said, you know, next week I'm going to be going into a subject on the believer's authority. <laughs> and, and he just looked at him and was like, believer's authority? What's that? He's like, the authority of the believer. Oh, I've never heard of anything like that. Oh, okay, wow, okay, well, we're just going to have to start from scratch. You don't even know that the believer has authority in this earth, but it just goes to show you what they hear on a regular basis, uh, where their minds are at and, and what they have. Um, and so you need to thank God for what we have in this country. You need to thank God for uh, the availability of his word to flow so freely. Uh, you need to thank God for churches like this. You need to thank God for godly fellowships and people that you can go have coffee with and discuss the Bible with. Um, and you need to take time to do that uh, because in other countries and other locations of this world, uh, they either don't have it or some of them can't do it. Amen? And um, so it's not something that we look at all the time, but we should honor it and value it. And I know that I honor and value the Word of God and being able to bring it to you unhindered, uh, let it flow freely, no distractions. We get to sit in a building with air conditioning and lights, and uh, we're not having to sit outside, and it's raining, and I'm having to yell over the rain. Uh, you know, we're able to come in here and comfortably hear the Word of God. You need to value that. And, um, you know, especially, you know, when th- there's always a sacrifice that's made, but I-, I promise you, the more you sacrifice to come hear the Word, the more you're going to get. And that's why I appreciate those that come out on Wednesday nights, make it a regular occurrence to be here because you're sacrificing you it's easy to stay home there's plenty of stuff you can be watching tv hanging out with the family you've been working all day kids are at school you got homework got to get them ready for tomorrow but when you come for you know the short time that we're here hear the word of god god values that and he's going to honor that amen so let's get into the word tonight um a couple weeks ago uh Last week, my wife ministered, and I heard it went powerful. I haven't had an opportunity to actually hear the message yet, but I heard it went great, and I know that she brought a tremendous word um, on faith. 
Uh, but before that, I began talking a little bit in regards to being led by the Spirit. And I discussed how, as a believer, um, you know, before we get saved, we are conditioned. You know, when you come into the kingdom, you have just as much unlearning to do as learning. <laughs> we have just as much to get rid of as we do to learn about, to add to our lives. And we've been conditioned to operate by our five senses. We've been conditioned to operate just based upon what we see and what happens around us. But when we come into the kingdom, there's another way to live. There's another way to look at things. There's another way to sense things. There's another way to feel things. And Jesus uh, made, it very, uh, made it very valuable, brought a lot of attention to his disciples that they understood before he left. Look, if you're going to do anything for my kingdom, if you're going to do anything for the glory of God, you're going to have to learn to be led by something else other than what you see and hear and feel. And that's by the Holy Spirit that Jesus said, I'm sending, I'm going to pray to the Father. He's going to send to you another helper, another comforter, one that's just like me, not a, a, a replication or a duplication, but exactly like me, standing in my place. He's going to come. He's going to live inside of you. He's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to direct you in everything you do. So he's telling his disciples, you've got to be able to be led by the Spirit of God. And this is something that I believe is missing in the church today. I believe it's the number one need in the church today is that Christians, believers, kingdom citizens need to learn to be led by his spirit. And so that's kind of where we got started a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about Jesus and his conversation with Nicodemus, but I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8 tonight. Um, we're pretty much just going to camp here uh, because Romans chapter 8 has a lot to do with the two lives. It's a tale of two lives, a tale of two ways to live, and he's identifying the former and the latter, he's identifying the previous state you were in and now the current condition you're in and what they look like. And, you know, it, it, the way he breaks it down, it's just very obvious. You're going to want to live by the Spirit. I mean, the verses he, he pulls out, look, if you, if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. Well, who wants to die? Nope, the hands aren't flying up right now. Because nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to be separated. No one wants to be living a deadly, unproductive, unfruitful life. We want to bear fruit. We want to be connected to life. And so let's just go through this. And, um, you know, as the Holy Spirit brings unction, we're going to uh, point things out. Let's start with verse 1. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? We know in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says uh, that, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So to be in Christ, this is the new life. This is a term that we use for the new life of the kingdom. If you have uh, said the prayer of salvation, made Jesus the Lord of your life, not just Savior, but Lord, you are now in Christ. Now look what it says here. He defines what an in Christ person looks like. Those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So right there he identifies, if you are in Christ, 
You're no longer walking according to the flesh. Well, what does that mean, the flesh? And I taught a lot, taught a lot of this, uh, not being led by the Spirit, but I taught in the realm of the flesh versus the Spirit just last week in Nicaragua. And I didn't realize how much of a barrier there is, not just in translating the Bible, but then translating the Bible from English to Spanish. And there's barriers because... For the word, uh, for the word flesh, and for the word body in the Spanish Bible, they have the same word. It's carne, which means flesh, which means meat. So when I'm talking about the body, or if I'm talking about the flesh, which is a nature, some a way that you live, they're hearing me say the same word, and so they're like, "What? How do I not do with the body? I live in the," and it locked them up, man. So I'm thankful that I get to use two different words with you tonight. I can use flesh and I can, lose, I can use body. So when we're talking about flesh, we're talking about a nature. We're talking about uh, uh, desires. We're talking about passions. We're talking about uh, 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 what makes you. And so old things have passed away. All things have become new. What is that? Our nature. So the flesh nature has passed away. The old desires, the old way of doing things has passed away. Now, we can resurrect it at any time. The Bible is very clear. I can still live according to that. But I ought to be living according to a new nature, which is called in Christ, in Christ, and that's called according to the Spirit. Now, you may recall the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that says, those things that are seen, those things that are unseen are more real than what is seen. So I should actually be identifying with the new life that's inside of me, not still with the old life that's on the outside, not with the old passions and the old desires and the, those things that didn't necessarily go away immediately. Now I'm having to train myself to live differently, okay? And so he's identifying here. Those who are in Christ Jesus, they do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And just to let you know, that word walk is interchangeable with the word live. So basically he's saying, if you're in Christ, you do not live according to the flesh. You live according to the spirit. Let's keep going. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There he is hammering home again. Look, remember, you don't walk, you don't live according to the flesh anymore. You live or you walk according to the spirit on the inside of you. That means somebody else is in charge. Somebody else is in control. Somebody else is dictating my life. Somebody else is telling me what to do. Somebody else is helping me make these decisions on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Walking in the Spirit is not uh, ignoring things that are happening in the world. I'm in the spirit, so I'm just going to walk in the middle of the road and no cars are going to hit me because 
I'm just in the spirit, and you know, I don't have any, I don't, I don't have any idea what's going on in the flesh. Anything that's going on? No, that's stupid. That's ignorant. But walking in the spirit means on a daily basis, decisions are being processed by somebody else, by my spirit man on the inside. Okay. So let's keep going. According to the flesh, not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Wow. Well, that just shows you, that shows us how we live according to the Spirit. It's all in your head. It's all in your mind. It's all in what you think. It's all on what you process. It's all on what you set your mind on. So if you set your mind on the flesh, you're going to live the flesh. But if I set my mind on the spirit, then I'm going to live the spirit. Wherever your mind goes, you'll go. And I can't get you to live differently until I can get you to think differently. Period. I can't get, your, I can't get you to straighten out you know, how you handle finances and what happens uh, in, in your in your financial life until you think differently about money. I can't help your marriage and I can't help you operate in your marriage differently until you think differently about marriage. Think about it the way the Bible shows it. Think about money the way the Bible reveals it. Think about marriage the way the Bible... Think about parenting the way the Bible shows it. And then you're not going to see any results. You're not going to see anything different. You can come in here and you can hear all the messages you want. You can... Uh, uh, watch all the, the greatest teaching tapes and get online and listen to all the greatest pastors, but if you don't set your mind on it, nothing's changing. Look at verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What's carnally minded? Carnally minded means fleshly minded. Here's what carnal is. To be saved and still live according to the flesh. That's what carnal is. Carnal doesn't refer to the world. They can't be carnal. Because the definition of carnal is to be born again, to be saved, to have the new life on the inside, but still live the old life on the outside. That's what carnal is. If I'm carnal, that means I've accepted Jesus as my Lord, I professed him to be my Lord, but I haven't actually made him my Lord and I'm still living according to the flesh rather than living according to the spirit on the inside, okay? So he actually makes it very simple. I mean, it's not difficult. Carnally mind, death. Spiritual mind, life and peace. Who wants life and peace? All right, there's the hands. It's very simple. So that means I need to figure out how to set my mind on the things of the spirit. I need to figure out how to get my mind in line with what the Holy Spirit is thinking, what the Holy Spirit wants. Look at verse 7. The carnal mind is enmity. That means it's an enemy. It has brought itself in confrontation to the word of God and against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. If you're trying to get your flesh to line up with the Bible, stop. It ain't happening. That's why Paul said, I die daily. I beat my body into subjection because it's not going to do it on its own. 
So I shut it down. I crucify the flesh. I put it up on the cross with Jesus. So now the spirit on the inside has full control. So now I can live according to that. Verse 8, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So now we're not just talking about our spirit anymore. Now we're talking about the Holy Spirit helping our spirit. Now we're starting to make a connection. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. But if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, you guys, you had Pastor Josh this weekend, and I heard that that went awesome as well. Y'all had a great weekend with him, and we were discussing this very verse. And I don't know if he actually preached on it or not. He may have, so you may be hearing this twice, but it was an awesome revelation to me. Because the, ver- the, the verse previous, he says, now the body is dead because of sin. The body's dead. Why? This body on the outside is not getting resurrected and going to heaven. Okay? It's dead. Because of the sin, the end of the world, we've all sinned and fallen short from the glory of God. If one man sinned, everybody sinned. Because of one man's disobedience, everyone was born into sin. So there's no hope for this flesh. But then, Pastor Josh helped me see something here. He says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to the very body that is dead. There's a verse over in Romans, just a few chapters over, where Paul says, do not do, do not bring your body as members or instruments of sin. But that I can use this body as an instrument of righteousness. The, see, the very life of God that is inside of me now, the new life that I've received in my spirit, man, can now show up through my body. In essence, it's as if my body on the outside is a mirror and it will reflect whatever you put in front of it. If you put the word in front of it, if you put the spirit in front of it, then you can use this body for blessing instead of cursing. I can use this mouth to encourage someone instead of cutting them down. I can use these hands to bless someone and maybe lay hands on them so they can recover rather than beating somebody up or trying to get back at somebody. I can use these legs to take me into church rather than taking me into the club. You see what I'm saying? I'm now using this body to do something righteous instead of unrighteous. Something spirit instead of something flesh. So the life that I've received on the inside can give life even 
to this mortal flesh that's dead, that has no hope. But now I can use it as a tool. Now I can use it as an, as an opportunity for the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's keep going. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For you, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He's identifying a characteristic of the children of God. He's identifying the lifestyle of kingdom citizens. It should be a regular occurrence, a natural happening, that I live my life not according to the flesh, but led by the Holy Spirit. You really, you, you understand that we have the greatest resource on the face of the planet, and he lives inside of us. I remember Brother Hagin was uh, talking about being led by the Spirit, and, and uh, he was talking about how uh, there was this one man that, uh, I, I want to say he was in his church or in his ministry somehow, and just always seemed to make great financial investments, and they always reaped for him. And so finally, he just sat down with them one day and was like, look, I mean, you, you've never missed it. Who do you go to? Who's your advisor? Who, who, who do you talk to that's always, you know, telling you what to invest in and what not to invest in and when to go in and when to get out and, you know, when to sell and when to buy? Who, who's, who is this? And he said, the Holy Spirit tells me. You realize the Holy Spirit wants to help you with your finances? The Holy Spirit wants to help you with your job? The Holy Spirit wants to help you with regular day-to-day decisions? You know, I heard uh, someone say the other day that you won't understand the acts of the Holy Spirit until you understand the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not just a little tingly feeling or a power that shows up. Oh, the Holy Spirit was here today. It's not a presence. The Holy Spirit is a person, and he's come to reside and live inside of you to help you live according to the kingdom. Jesus knew. God knew they can't do it on their own. You don't have the ability. But if you will listen to my Holy Spirit, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. He'll help you with every decision on a day-to-day basis. He'll help you know. I want to live according to the Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. Not just in churchy stuff. I want to be led by the Spirit and where to send my son to school. I want to be led by the Spirit uh, uh, of of when to spend this or when not to spend that. I want to be led by the Spirit in conversations with people. So I'm not just giving them my own advice or my own opinion, but what the Spirit wants to say. Regular day-to-day stuff, man. And when you learn to understand who the Holy Spirit is and how much He's there to help you on a day-to-day basis, then you'll understand His leadings. You'll understand His promptings. Well, how do I know when the Holy Spirit's speaking? It's just that still, small voice on the inside. 
You know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's never going to scream louder than anything that you're hearing. This is my honest opinion, and I believe it's true. But a lot of what we have that grabs our attention today, I believe there's more and more of it, and it's designed to get us away from being able to hear the Holy Spirit at a moment's notice. I believe that. I'm not saying TV's wrong and, and Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that if we're not careful, it will overwhelm the one voice that we should know to listen to on a daily basis. And I don't ever want to drown that voice out. I don't ever want to uh, have so much other stuff screaming at me that I can't hear his voice. Because he's not going to scream. He's not going to get in your face and say, hey, what are you doing? I said, don't do that. I said, don't spend that. I said, don't go there. Why won't you listen to me? He just says, no, shouldn't do that. We don't do that. We're in the kingdom now. This is how we respond. I told you not to hit that guy. Why'd you hit him? No, he's going to say, don't hit. Walk in love. God's word says to turn the other cheek. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. And I'll tell you this, the quicker you are to obeying his voice, the easier it will be to hear him every time. But the more that you override his voice, the harder it will be to hear every time. You can supplant the Holy Spirit's voice. You can, you can begin to smother it. Every time you override red flags. Look, I, 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 I've done that. I've had red flags come up and said, ah, another one and another one. And you go past and it's like, yeah, I knew all the way back here. The Holy Spirit wants to get you way before you fall. The Holy Spirit isn't like, you know, down here trying to catch me as I go. He's like back here trying to keep me away from the edge. He's like, hey, let's not even get close to that. Let's not even touch that. I don't, we don't even need to be anywhere around that. We don't even need to have an appearance of evil. The Holy, and, and so, you know, we can't ever say, well, the Holy Spirit got me too late. <laughs> no, he was talking a long, long time ago, way back there. He was speaking and say, hey, don't go there. But we kept overriding. His voice kept getting quieter smaller that still small voice got stiller and smaller and then but man if we can learn to obey learn to obey i had a gentleman last week ask me you know he said you know i, I, I want to live by the bible i, I want to obey the scriptures but you know I, I just read it and i don't understand it I, I just read so much of the bible and i don't understand what i'm reading how, how can i obey it and I said, obey what you know. Start where you're at. Obey what you know and watch God reveal more to you. Obey the word that you do know. Obey what you do understand and he'll open up more. But if you're not going to obey what you know today, he's not going to reveal more. He's not obligated to reveal his word to you just because you read it a lot. He's obligated to reveal your word to his word to you as you're faithful with it and apply it and live by it on a regular basis. 
That's where he's obligated. And so we've got to learn to live by the Spirit and live a life of the Spirit. So see here throughout this passage, we've identified, and, and, and this isn't two options, okay? For the kingdom citizen, this isn't two optional ways where I can live by the flesh or I can live by the Spirit. No, the living by the flesh is a formal way. That's no longer an option. If you're in Christ, if you are a son and child of God, living by the Spirit is your only option. But we have to learn to do that. We have to train to do that. We have to be conditioned to do that. And again, we've been conditioned to live by the flesh. We've been conditioned that when someone says something bad about us, we say something bad about them. When someone gossips about us, we go behind their back to somebody else. We've been conditioned that if you want to get more, you have to keep. But the kingdom says if you want to get, you have to give. So we're having to retrain so much stuff. There's so much conditioning that's happening on, that's, that's going on, that's happening to lay down one life and pick up another. But we see the fruit of it. We see the fruit of it. Look, that word dead doesn't mean that you're going to drop dead. That's what Adam and Eve thought. I'll drop dead if I eat this. So I ate it. Nothing happened. Oh, we must be good. But there's a separation that takes place, and now what that deadness is, is it means unfruitful or unproductive. Living by the flesh is unproductive, produces nothing, bears no fruit, and fruit doesn't help anybody. Bad fruit doesn't help anybody, and no fruit helps nobody. You realize the fruit that grows on a tree is not for the tree. It's for other people. See, you have influence in this world. There's somebody you can be impacting. There's somebody that you can be helping. There's somebody that you can be giving away fruit to. It's not for the tree. But when you get disconnected from the Holy Spirit, it's like a branch that's separated from the tree. It's not going to bear any fruit. Or the fruit that does come of it is not going to be any good because it's not connected to the life source. But to be spiritually minded is life in peace. Well, now I'm producing life. Now I'm being productive. Now I'm bearing fruit, showing results for the kingdom of God. And that's how I help other people. That is how I become a greater influence. That's how I can impact somebody's life for the kingdom of God. But I've got to learn to be led by his spirit. I've got to learn to let him dictate, let him have control, okay? And so wherever I set my mind, whatever I put my mind on determines, determines of which life I produce. Determines, do I produce flesh today or do I produce spirit today? Do I produce death today or do I produce life today? It's whatever I put my mind on. It's whatever I'm thinking on whatever I set my mind. And you know, we have the responsibility to set our mind. You know, God can't set your mind for you. If he could have, he would have done that a long time ago. Jesus had control over demons, winds and waves, uh, dead people, 
raising up dead people, sickness, blind, deaf, mute, lame, leprosy. I mean, he had dominion and authority over everything, but the one thing he didn't have control over was people's minds. He could not change the way the Pharisees and the Sadducees thought. He couldn't change their thought process. He couldn't change uh, how they viewed him. He couldn't change how they viewed his words. He couldn't change how they viewed the kingdom of God. Even though he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. No matter how many times he said it, they wouldn't do it. They couldn't change. They wouldn't do it. He didn't have control. Because that's our responsibility. But when I learned to set my minds on the things of the spirit, when I learned to get in connection with his word, follow and live after his word, then his Holy, the Holy Spirit will show up on the inside and bring that to remembrance. So when I feel like going into fear and anxiety over a situation, his Holy Spirit will bring up something of peace that will guard my mind, guard my mind and my heart through Christ Jesus. That's how the Holy Spirit works. And so we've got to learn to be led by his spirit. We've got to learn to be controlled, dictated, challenged, governed by the Holy Spirit inside of us. For some of us, that may mean that we've got to shut stuff out that, that is louder, that has a greater voice. I mean, if you're going through a, a, a financial struggle, you need to find out what the word says about your finances, not what the world says about your finances. Quit giving this voice. Quit giving this, uh, quit giving your ear to what the bank says and to what the, the bank account says. And quit looking at all that stuff and start looking at what the Bible says. So now I can operate according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. Now I can start seeing things the way the Bible says it, not just the way the world says it. Because here's the exciting thing. The things that are unseen, they're more real than the things that are seen. The things that are seen are temporary, the Bible says. The things that are unseen are permanent. Now that word temporary means subject to change. That means I might be in a situation today, but it's subject to change. And what changes it? The unseen. See, I... In my body today, I may have sickness and disease going on, but the unseen says that by his stripes, I am healed. So that can change my temporary circumstance. May have sickness there today, but I'm going to apply the unseen spirit of the word of God, and it's going to change my seen natural situation. See, that's why you want to live by the spirit. That's why you want to be controlled by the Spirit. It's kind of funny, you know, because people talk about, well, I don't, want to be, I don't want to be controlled. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. But what they don't realize is they are being told what to do. When you live in the world, there's a God of this world. And you're obeying him just like I'm obeying Jesus. And I am producing fruit. I'm producing life. And you're producing nothing. You're producing death. You're unproductive. That's not a way to live. Notice that the carnal mind is the same way. So the world produces nothing, and the kingdom citizen that lives like the world produces nothing. 
So I have this issue. I've got to renew my mind. I've got to change my mind. I've got to set my mind on what the Holy Spirit wants to do, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life. And then I have to get in tune. I have to get in connection, learn to be led by his spirit. Learn to make no decision without going to the Holy Spirit first. You know, when sometimes people come to me and they, they have important decisions they have to make. And, you know, I don't act like I know all the answers just because I'm a pastor. I can help guide you and direct you in what the word says about your situation. But, you know, sometimes there's things that we go through in life that they're not in the Bible. Remember, we, we talked about that. Over the summer, we talked about knowing God's will. We talked about discovering God's will. And, you know, sometimes we're going to go through things in life that the Bible doesn't necessarily say, quit your job here and take this one. You can't find, there's no chapter and verse, there's no book that states that. But there is someone that lives inside of you that can help you make that decision. And that's where I try to help people. I tell people, look, we can go to 10 different people about what to do about this situation, and we could probably get 10 different answers. But we could go to the Holy Spirit, who knows you in and out, already knows your future, already knows the plans that God has for you, already knows what you're going to do. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Well, the Holy Spirit does. So let's talk to him. Let's find out. Let's get in connection with him. It's that simple. Don't try to over-spiritualize it. Don't try to, uh, you know, you got to fast this amount of days. Fasting is a great way to learn how to be led by the Spirit. But there's no formula to it. That's what we saw. There's no formula. If there was a formula, then you wouldn't need God. If there was a formula to discovering God's will, do this so many days, read this so many times, and then you'll know, oh, well, thanks. I'll just follow the formula. I don't need to know God anymore. People want to know God's will more than they want to know God. We got to learn to know God, and then learning his will will be a lot easier. Learning who the Spirit is and his role in your life will help you operate according to the Holy Spirit. When you learn how he moves, when you learn how he speaks, when you learn how he directs and guides, when you learn how he corrects, then when he does, you'll identify and say, I'm being led by the Spirit right now. And then it won't matter what it looks like on the outside. And you'll have to get used to that. Being led by the Spirit means you have to get used to it not looking normal. Because it's by the Spirit. doesn't mean it's always going to line up. There may be 50 people look at you and say, that's the stupidest decision. I'd never do that. But you're being led by the Spirit, not by what other people think. Sometimes we're only led by the Spirit until somebody else starts talking, and then we're led by something else. We've got to be led by the Spirit through the entire process. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. I thank you that you're speaking to us, revealing yourself to us, revealing your Holy Spirit to us. Father, I thank you that we are becoming familiar with how your Holy Spirit speaks, how he guides, how he leads. Father, you've identified that living a life according to you, living in you, being in you, this new life that you've given us, it's a requirement to be led by your spirit. How can we live the kingdom and live like the world? The two worlds are contrary. 
They don't do things the same way. They don't operate the same way. You said that there's enmity against you. There's separation. There's division. So, Father, we want to learn if we're going to produce kingdom results, if we're going to reap kingdom benefits in our life, we have to learn to be led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit will save our lives, will save our marriages, it will save our finances, it will save our families and save our homes, it will save our jobs and our careers, it will save our minds, it will save our peace, keep us from fear and anxiety. We don't have time to live according to the world. We want to live according to your spirit. So, Father, I thank you tonight, every person in the sound of my voice. I thank you that there is a desire, and in that desire within us, to grow in hearing your Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. The quicker we obey, the better we'll hear. Father, help us be quick to obey quick to respond, not delay, not take our time, not look at a few other options, but as soon as your Holy Spirit speaks, move, move. I thank you, Father. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. You didn't leave us alone. You gave us a helper. You gave us a comforter. You gave us one that is just like your son, Jesus. And I thank you tonight that he speaks to us. He leads us and guides us. We thank you for all this in your name, in Jesus' name, amen.